Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson and I'll be your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and benefit of God's people. Here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. If you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks again for listening in, and may the Lord bless this podcast greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and benefit. We hope that you'll enjoy today's episode. Well, today for this episode, particularly, we're recording the day after Memorial Day, and I'm joined once again by our brothers here at Believer's Baptist Church, Jason Rowland and Philip Castleton. What did you guys do over the weekend? Did you guys have any any family uh, activities, or did you just relax and enjoy some time? Friday night, I started uh, digging up for um, an expansion on our deck outside. So Friday night, I worked on that. Went to the Reigns ISD graduation. By the time we got back, because it was uh, pretty long this time. But anyway, by the time we got back, it was too dark. So I went out Saturday morning, finished the digging, so that we could lay the joist and, you know, get our framework. And then we could start uh, putting the the boards on the top. And, and that's what I did. Uh, we did that all day Saturday. Um, and then we came to church and we worshiped Sunday. And then yesterday... Uh, I got up and um, did some more of that kind of thing with the with the deck, but also um, had um, brush I had to haul off, and I grilled chicken and mm. onions and pineapple and uh, zucchini. I know Philip doesn't like any of that kind of stuff, but well, the chicken, yeah, Chick- yeah, 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 I'm with yeah. you on the chicken <laughs> yeah, also. Yeah, I topped all that <laughs> off with bluebell. Uh, sounds good. Yeah. Closed out the day with um, Stacy and I are reading a book about um, um, Charles and Susanna Spurgeon's marriage. Oh, cool. It's called uh, Yours Till Heaven. Awesome. And it's the untold story, the untold love story of Charles and Susanna and, um, what, um, Spurgeon. It's awesome. funny that you read a book called The Untold Story. Yeah. But yeah. you're reading. There's some irony there. Somebody's right? telling the story, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, it's yeah. primarily focused on their marriage yeah. relationship. It's really good though. We we've enjoyed it. Fantastic. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Philip, so what'd you what'd you guys do this past weekend? I don't even remember what I did Saturday. Um, I'll be honest. Uh Sunday we came here. Yeah. I was trying to think when you were talking, I was like, I don't remember what I did Saturday. <laughs> Yesterday got up and um my wife wanted to go to the lake. So we went to the lake to get to get on the boat and go out and enjoy ourselves. And the wind was blowing 8,000 miles an hour. Yes. yes. So instead, we cleaned the boat, which was really exciting, and then um, left, went and got – the boys were with us, so we went and got breakfast, which turned out to be lunch by then. Uh, ate lunch, and then uh, we went over to Bass Pro Shop, messed around, Cheryl and I. And then we came back, got on the boat, just Cheryl and I, and we went out in the lake for two or three hours. Oh, that's and great. Ran around and – it was just us. That's good. I mean, yeah. Messed around for a little while on the lake and then took the boat back to the slip and headed home. Went to my mother-in-law's where we ate ribs, baked potato, mm. watermelon, and homemade ice cream. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And then I left there and I went home in red. Yeah. So Praise wow. the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. My knee is all swollen up. I couldn't even go uh, the trainer to the trainer yesterday. 
mm. uh, because my knee was all swollen up. It's still swollen now, and it has to be because of the digging. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's the only. Yeah, thing you put I a lot of strain of. on it on probably uh, Saturday. Yes. that you didn't even anticipate. Right, yeah. right. Hey, real quick, um, I had in light of the episodes that we did on knowing God's will and discerning God's will. I had a God thing this morning. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to edit this part out later, uh, aren't yeah. we, Philip? No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. All right. What you got for us today? I, so I, I look at my phone, and, and I get a notice on Facebook that says, um, Nancy Kyle and two other friends have birthdays today. I'm like, oh, okay. So I go to that, and I'm typing happy birthday on Nancy Kyle's um Timeline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get happy. I get a text. It's Nancy Kyle. Oh. She said, hey, I got this in my That's mail. That's crazy. She said, I got this in my mail. And it's a picture of a letter that was addressed to Brie Alley Rowland mm-hmm. with Nancy's address. That's wild. Yeah. So, um, so you're going to say thing. that's a God it, thing. It's huh? a God thing. <laughs> <laughs> Philip's over here shaking his head. <laughs> no, I think what we said in our episodes was that those are human coincidences that uh, yeah, yeah. are uh, they're they're uh, no no doubt they're like otherworldly it seems. Hey Jason, you know I'll point you back to the episodes that we recorded last there you go. week there you go. <laughs> for some commentary on that exact situation. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I just thought it was interesting that that That's happened funny. in light of the uh, and, conversations you know, that we to, 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 to keep continue on that for just a moment. There, we don't have a good explanation for why those kind of things happen. Um, so, and we know that we've all experienced things like that, that which, which you think are beyond just coincidence. So we're not trying to make light of those things. No, 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 no. Because they really they, do they happen. Really happen. Yeah, they really do happen. But what we want to be clear is that um, we don't want to, um, I would rather everybody say because of God's sovereign decree and because of his work, everything is a God thing and that nothing happens um, outside of, of God's eternal decree, Th- that's fine. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely on board. Where it gets really weird is when something like that happens, we'll attribute it to God. But, you know, the fact that I ate a hamburger this afternoon, we won't, or, you know, or anything else. I mean, you know, we have, we, we categorize them in, in such a way, and that's, I think, where the problem lies. Right, yeah. yeah. And we yeah. had that kind of discussion in those uh, episodes that sure. we talked those about. Those are that. so interesting, though. It think. really I mean, we is. all have we all have situations like that like there's zero explanation for it. it's it's wild it blows our mind and right so well, fascinating uh, stuff and for a more somber issue that's what our subject is today yeah yeah and so uh, let's go ahead and segue to the topic we've we've chosen to discuss today um, if you're if you've clicked on this episode you've seen the topic that we're wanting to address today and uh, at the outset, we want to we want to be sure that we are communicating clearly. We are our desire is not to condemn or to um, place false guilt on anyone or be unduly harsh in any manner. But we do want to address the issue and give some biblical considerations and, and thoughts and application to the Uvalde shooting. We we all know uh, most of us. If if you haven't heard about this, um, you can easily access it online in various media outlets but let me let me say this Duffy and sure. break in yeah. because it was a week ago today sure. May 24th is when the shooting happened okay. uh, a man by the name of an 18 year old man by the name of Salvador Ramos 
uh, went into the Rab Elementary School at Uvalde, Texas. He got in through a side door, and he killed 19 children and two teachers. And uh, th that gives a little bit of background, but it was a week ago today. So it's probably appropriate that we've spent uh, just a minute talking about it, or this episode, I should sure. say, talking about it. We did talk about it in our service, at the mm -hmm. beginning of our service, Sunday morning. Yes. Uh, but uh, we wanted to bring an episode uh, from the podcast to to the issue, and, and perhaps it will be of help and some encouragement and comfort. So well, uh, I broke in on you there, but but yes, you were saying that the the, the details are readily available. All you have to do is Google it or, or look it up, and uh, everything is uh, given to you. Sure, yeah, and um, we we want to be abundantly biblical uh, in this episode. We we don't want to offer a whole lot of um, uh, maybe it would be taken as opinions necessarily, or um, approaching this from a secular perspective. Um, we want to acknowledge that there's tremendous grief in this situation with many, many families in this community. There's uh, questions that are not answered and may not ever get answered. Um, and these are realities that we have to deal with. Um, and what we want to say on this episode today is that the Bible speaks to this in, in maybe a way that um, maybe we buck at a little bit because it it's not exactly what we want to hear. But we, we do have some some help in the scriptures. God has spoken to this issue um, in, in one place we're going to go to, but there are other places that we could also draw comfort and hope, even in such a time as tragic as this. So we want to jump in. Um, we're going to be looking at a text in Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and we'll begin in chapter 12 at the end, but the, the main text in focus is at the beginning of chapter 13. So allow me to read that if you have, if you're somewhere where you can have a Bible open, um, please don't do this if you're driving in the car. Um, just listen. But I'll be reading from the ESV text, Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 54. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, A shower is coming, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be a scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? And as you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer puts you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the very last penny. Now all of this is... Um, set up in context for the beginning of chapter 13. This is where we want to press in a little bit today. Luke 13, 1. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices, and he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now we're going to kind of kick this off with Jason. He's going to get 
get us thinking about this text, and um, Philip will um, will follow up with Jason. But Jason, give us some at least some initial thoughts about this particular text. So we hear this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus speaking, obviously, and um, he is addressing a crowd on this particular day, and and just walking through the text, he says, "When you see a cloud rising in the west." You say at once, a shower is coming. And then he gives another just common, everyday kind of experience that all people um, know about and are aware of. Uh, When the south wind blows, you know that there's a scorching heat, and it happens. So he says there's two ordinary kinds of events in nature that everybody experiences, and you read that well. You, you see the cloud and you know there's a rain shower coming. Or you feel the wind and you know that there's a scorching heat coming. But then he follows that up with, you hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but do you not know how to interpret the present time? In other words, he's chiding them for their ability to see the signs and make discerning kinds of judgments. But then he's saying... On a spiritual level, you're hypocritical. You don't do that. You don't read the signs. I am here. He's the Messiah, the promised one. He's among them, and yet they're not accepting him. They're not seeing him for who he is. And and he says, because you don't read the times, uh, there's trouble ahead for you. And so he gives another little illustration, walking through the text, verse 57. "Why, Why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? So why do you not think beyond just your normal everyday experience and think further about what's happening around you spiritually? And he says, uh, let's say that you're accused of a crime and that you are on the way to have that settled. And what you need to do then is make sure that all of the facts are given, the people who are uh, testifying, and the judge who will be presiding. You will do everything you can to make sure that the truth is out about the circumstance and that you would judge rightly about the, you would be judged rightly about the circumstance. But instead... Um, of doing that on a spiritual level, you just ignore it. You go about your life and never in the light of eternity and the reality of what he says beginning there in verse 1 of chapter 13. And so when he begins there, Philip, what, what is happening here? Because we've got two, again, two stories that are common in life, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and the amazing thing about the text you were just talking about in verse 57 through 59 is this picture that he gives, uh, just to lead into this again, this picture that he gives, imagine if, you're, if you have committed a crime, you've committed um, an offense against your brother, right? And you and that brother are walking to the courthouse together. Yes. This is the picture. Yes. Y'all are side by side. It's an open and closed case. You are guilty. You know the judge is going to slam down the gavel because you have committed the crime and there's no way around it. Wouldn't you do whatever you could to satisfy that offense with your brother before you got to the judge? Absolutely. That's the picture, right? Right. He says, you are so blind as not to see that it's an open and closed case. You're guilty. And you're not saying that the judge has no um, room but for um, a guilty verdict. Yes. Right? Because if you did, 
if you had any kind of um, discerning judgment about who you are and your own guilt, you would do that. And he says, and this is what I mean by it. And he starts in chapter one of 13. There's some president at that very time who told him about the Galileans. So, so there were some of these who have heard Jesus speaking and they say, well, we've got a question for you, Jesus. There were these people that um, Jews that were most likely at the altar giving an, um, uh, giving sacrifice, right? And um, uh, the, the probably some Roman soldiers bust in and um, they slaughter them. They're Under the direction it appears to be of Pilate. Of Pilate. Right. Yeah. So they slaughter these Jews, right? And, and their blood, I mean, it's such a nasty slaughter that their blood is mixed with the very sacrifice that the Jews were offering. Well, they're taking this to mean God did not accept these people. God didn't accept their sacrifices. These must have been particularly evil, particularly wicked men. If God used a pagan group like the Roman, right, the pilot and his soldiers to kill these men, right? This is the idea. Do you, and, and Jesus knows this. Jesus knows what they're thinking. And he says, you know, you're going to think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way. Isn't this true, Jesus? <coughs> and Jesus says, no, no. I tell you, unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. So he uses, a, it goes right into a, a second one. Or the 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed. So here's a group of people. We don't know if they're doing construction on the tower. We don't know if they're living in the tower. We don't have any clue. The Bible mm -hmm. doesn't give us any context. But what we do know is that the tower falls. And in the context of, of this tragedy, 18 people die. Again, um, for something, a natural disaster or whatever that caused this thing to fall, they say, man, for these 18 people, they must have been particularly wicked right? For God to bring down judgment on them. They must be worse than all the rest. And again, Jesus's answer is no. I tell you, listen to me very, very clearly. Unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Jesus is making a point from the beginning. I mean, he starts with their inability to read spiritual things, right? Like you've right. already discussed. Their capacity for the physical, right? But they're inability, their, their lack of capacity for the spiritual, and he chides them, if you gave the same effort to understanding spiritual realities that you give to the, the physical, temporal things, you would recognize that God's judgment sits on all of us, right? right? right. And if you had an opportunity before that the judge slams the gavel down to make right with the person you've offended, wouldn't you do so? Right. That's the point, right? right? And the point that here is the one you've offended is God himself. That's right. That's the right. one you've offended is God himself. Yes. So before God starts acting as judge, go to him, make amends. Get don't, it right. Yeah, and don't think that those people are particularly wicked. God's judgment will fall on all men Every single one, right? Without exception. Yes. So make make the appropriate moves now. That's right. And that appropriate move in the context of this is unless you what? Repent. Repent. In fact, we did a, a, a 1689 um, this past week on repentance. Correct, and, yes. Um, and the amazing thing is, is what we realize is that God has made provision for sinners, and that provision 
obviously we know is Christ, but on our side of it, it is the, the gift and the grace of repentance. Right. So turn, turn from your sin, turn to Christ, turn away from the things that you loved and run to Christ, right? This right. is the picture. So there's the, 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 their lack of spiritual understanding, their lack of spiritual discernment proves itself in the fact that they would think, which would have been common thinking mm-hmm. of the people of that day, that these people deserved what they got. They right. deserved pilot soldiers breaking in on them, or they deserved this disaster of the tower falling on them. So they're spiritually um, retarded. They're spiritually um, lacking. And so Jesus is being very gracious here, even in that, to say, listen, you need to think about this better and come to that place, as you were saying just a moment ago, Philip, that you understand that there's a judge who is going to hold you accountable for your wickedness um, and you need to make amends with that judge now. Well, yeah, they're really asking the wrong questions. The, the question they're asking is, Jesus, tell me why that person was judged. And the question they should be asking rather is, why haven't I already been judged, right? Yep. Yep. Not why them. The question should be, why not me? Right. Mm. That's the question they should be asking. Instead of That's saying, good. Jesus, why is it that, you, you, that, that God destroyed them? The question they should have said is, Jesus, why hasn't God already destroyed me? Right. So let's turn it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in light of what happened in, in Uvalde and those 19 children, most of them were 10 years old. As I read through the list of names and the ages, they were mostly 10-year-olds. And then the two adult teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a lot of blame, you know, whether it be this man was... Um, um, deprived uh, economically or he was sociologically a a misfit or there's some kind of mental uh, problem with him. There's going to be a blame on that. There's going to be blame on the school system. There's ongoing investigation even right now of law enforcement and Mm -hmm. their uh, reaction to what happened. Uh, And people are going to say, well, our public school system uh, is a problem. All those things perhaps can be looked at, but but what we want to address and say is let's make sure that we're not casting blame where it should not be blamed. Uh, let's make sure that we're not saying, as those did in the first century, the text that we're looking at, well, this is crass, but they got what they deserve, and they must have been more evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's don't go there. Right. Well, actually, either way, we shouldn't assume guilt or innocence in this situation, yes. right? The, we, we, are, we are approaching this from the wrong angle if our, if our goal is to try to recognize guilt in them or innocence in them. The truth of the matter is the right question would be, what am I to learn from this situation? Right. right? Let's read the sign that is given to us on a, with spiritual eyes mm-hmm. because this situation, which is... The worst mass shooting in Texas. I think it's the third worst mass shooting in the United States. Um, I even heard on the radio yesterday that since that shooting last week, there's been 10 other mass shootings. Yeah, there, there, there were some others that followed it. I don't know about 10, but yeah. Yes, uh, and a mass shooting is characterized by four or mm. more who are killed mm. uh, as uh, bystanders or participants in mm. a, a different uh, event or location. But, but there's been 10 since then. 
And so what we ought to remember, I think, and this is some of what I talked about Sunday morning, is sin and the evilness of sin and the evilness of men's hearts should not shock us. Right. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. should not be surprised that it would go to this. That's right. That's right. Um, now, that doesn't make it right, and we're not saying that it's a good thing, obviously. We're just saying that as believers who understand the world through a different lens than perhaps the 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 everyday person of the world, we see that it it doesn't shock us. Yeah, and, and what, we, what we'll find out when we open the pages of Scripture is that God is right in His assessment and evaluation of mankind. That's right. Our theology teaches us that mankind, um, out of the heart flows all of the wickedness of man. Um, our, our wickedness isn't an outside imposition placed upon us. Our wickedness comes from the fountain of our hearts. Well, and I'm glad you said this because yes. um, the political landscape right now is looking for something to impose upon this particular actor. Which makes, um, which, um, you see what I mean? Either he's mentally ill or he's politically motivated or he, uh, whatever, right? They're imposing something upon it. The truth of the matter is the man is, is, is wicked because of the lust and desires of his heart, his union with Adam and his rebellion against and his hatred for God. This is the biblical answer for why he did what he did. And we need to recognize that he is not distinct in this. This marks every human being. That's exactly right. Every human being. We have to we have to be diligent as believers, and we can't speak for unbelievers, but we have to be diligent and, and, and press. If you are a believer listening to this episode, your theology, it, it will, for better or for worse, inform how you view circumstances. Amen. And we cannot ever let circumstances inform our theology and our reading of Scripture. And what we know to be true, I think I've said this on our podcast before, what we know to be true must remain steadfast. We cannot... Um, forfeit what we know to be true and and try to interpret a difficult situation um, whereas what we know to be true may not give us the answers we want right if that makes sure we can't we can't leave the word of God which is a which is um, the same yesterday today and forever because it comes from the God who is the same yesterday today and forever he does not change his word doesn't change right. um, this this reminds me of um, Genesis chapter six. Um, let me find my eye. Let me, let me get my eyes on the text. Um, I'm not finding it exactly, but basically, um, we have just at the very beginning of Scripture. You could even go back to Genesis four when we have Cain and Abel, after Adam and Eve have been um, exiled from the garden, and we see murder and the taking of a life um, as one of the is the second recorded sin. I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Scripture, and we see this theme throughout all of Scripture that that it is out of the overflow of the heart, and we know that Scripture teaches us that the heart of man is continually wicked. Continually right. wicked. It's, we we would we would title it as uh, depraved of mind. Uh, scripture uses that that terminology, and so we grieve for the families affected. We grieve for this young man who who. This was, this was what he thought was good to do. Um, we grieve that he came to the point in life, whatever the circumstances were, uh, we, we, we pity him. We grieve for him and his family. Um, and we have to pray for the salvation of his we, family. We have to pray for the salvation of his family, that this would be a reckoning for them 
that they are that the 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 meeting of man with the their holy maker is imminent. Right. There, there's it could be today, it could be a while, but the Lord is present. He is real, and we will have to give an account to Him. Right? We see that in the New Testament. Well, and if we old. go back and let um, uh, Luke thirteen speak to us here, yes. the point is, and you're going to stand before your your meet maker. And the court case has already it's, been it's sealed. Sealed. It's sealed. You are guilty, open and closed case. That's right. But what is available to you now, at this moment, is the capacity to, on your way to the courtroom, to make amends with the one you've Wonderful offended. Wonderful application, right? Yes. So on your way to the courtroom, make amends. Go to the one that you've offended, which is God Himself. Turn from your sins and run to the provision that he's made. That's right? exactly this is right. exactly the That's point. That's exactly that. right. I think you were looking at uh, and thinking about Genesis 6, 5. Yes. The Lord yes. saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Exactly, yes. And so and that's a description of man apart from the regeneration of that's the Holy right. Spirit. That's right. So then um, another thing that I think we got to think about, and Philip alluded to it just a minute ago, but uh, the question then is, why has it not happened to my child? And and here's the answer. Common, common grace, God's goodness. God's restraining grace. Restraining right. grace. And the amazing right. thing, and you, and you kind of touched on this Sunday morning um, in the sermon, but the truth of the matter is, we should be asking the question, not what went awry in Uvalde, Texas, that would cause such a thing, right? That's the question all the political commentators are asking. That's the question every secular mind is asking. That's right. And what we should be saying is not what went awry. We know biblically what went awry. It was the, the wretchedness, the love of sin, and the, and the enmity toward God that is, that is not unique to that man, but is common in all men, right? So we know that's what went awry. The question for us is, why has God restrained that kind of evil in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. in my home, yeah. in my yeah. school, yeah. in my church? Why has God restrained it? And we don't have an answer other than he's chosen to in his common and his restraining grace to keep those things from happening to you thus far. He may, you may live your entire life and you may die a ripe old age and not have experienced that. And it might be on your doorstep next week. Either one could be very, very true. And the, the, the whole point of this whole thing is knowing that, knowing that, make your move toward God today. That's right. That's, That's right. the point, right? Yeah. And we'll, we'll uh, come right back to you, Jason, in just a moment. One thing that just, um, uh, just popped into my mind right now is a perfect example of, of this sort of a tragic situation that we really will probably ever ne will never have an answer for why these sorts of things happen. Um, but uh, in my previous church, when I was in Tyler, there was an older couple, sweet, faithful old couple, um, been in the church for many, 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 many years. Um, and this happened prior to me coming. This happened about a decade ago or so. But they, um, uh, the husband's a deacon. They've been faithful members for... Um, twice as long as I've been alive, you know, um, staples in the church. And their house burned down. Um, they lived in a, in a mobile home mm -hmm. um, near the lake out in, in the Tyler area, and their house burned down. And I heard that story told to me by multiple church members, and all of them said the same thing. 
and because they all experienced this with them, right? Oh, they came alongside this, this couple in their church, and all of them said that there was never a, a, a sense of um, anger toward God, hatred toward God, throwing up your hands and saying, why would this happen to this person? They've been so good to, you know, they, you know, list out their accolades. Well, why, God, would you do this? You're unfair. You're... No, they actually made it an opportunity to preach the gospel. Yes. And to rest in the providence and sovereignty of God. It was an, it's an amazing story. Um, if you're hearing this, I'm not going to say the names, but you, you know who we're, we're talking about. But I just remember hearing this story told to me various times from, from various church members. And it's, it's a situation that, as believers, we look on circumstances in a completely opposite way as someone who is not a believer and who does not have a relationship with Christ. Circumstances, like Paul says, mean really nothing in the grand scheme of things. We know that God has ordained our steps, right? And so um, you're talking about the restraining grace of God. Right. We don't know why he restrains grace as he does. We're thankful that he does. That's up to him. Our God is in the heavens, and he does all that he pleases, right? Right. Um, but let's bounce and, off of what you yeah. said in that um, we ought to be praying and asking God to uh, flood that area with uh, faithful churches Amen. and yes. faithful Christians yes. who will speak the gospel yes. and um, while there's time. Yes, as this is the time it, right this, now right. to do it. As we were been discussing through the whole episode, now's the time, and ask that God would intervene and bring people to their yes. uh, face before Him. Yes. Well, actually, this is a sign. Yes, if you to go back to the context, the sign that the rain was coming, right, was the cloud in the sky. Yes, yeah. the sign that the scorching heat was on its way was the south wind picked up. Right, and the fact this is a sign that God's judgment is imminent. Yes. So, yes. respond in that appropriately. Repent and believe. That and that's the point. Yes. This is a if we want to look at it biblically, this is a sign. We don't we should not be thinking were these people guilty or innocent. We shouldn't be thinking was this um, about gun control or mental health or forget all of those things. The truth of the matter is God in his sovereignty allowed this evil and what we should be hearing is, judgment is coming, but I have this moment. Repent. Right. And, and you know, one of the questions, uh, and again, this is not to be uncaring, but it's to emphasize this common grace. Why was it only 21? Mm -hmm. Why not 31? Why not 41? It's, it's common grace. It's, it's God restrained that at that moment, uh, as tragic as it is to lose 21. Yeah. So then... Let's go back just for a moment and think uh, what we've been saying all along through this episode is this young man does not have the last word. Amen. No, there's no, no doubt. God has the last word. That's right. right. And uh, we need to recognize that as believers. You're saying that we ought as believers to think differently than the world thinks. And, and there's no political answer and there's no sociological answer and there's no environmental answer. Then what we know then for certain is that and what we long for as believers, and what really every human longs for, because I believe it's in our heart, is we want justice. Mm -hmm. And there will be a day of justice. Well, that's that, a result of being made in the image of God. Uh, yes. That's yeah. that's a direct application, uh, a result of being made. We are Im all, all people are image bearers. That's right. And so justice will be um, 
laid upon mm. this situation. Um, and we need to recognize that all evil will be judged, and the judge uh, who is the perfect judge in all righteousness and all holiness, who sees the intent and the motivation of every heart, will judge rightly, and justice will prevail. And so that ought to comfort us, and that ought to help us, and uh, it ought to give us reason uh, to think uh, differently about these things rather than looking and taking, again, all of the the answers that are given to us from the secular perspective. One one last thing that I think we could touch on just briefly is, you know, in Romans 12, Paul says we, we need to grieve with those who grieve. And so yeah. we, we grieve for these. Uh, this is a predominantly Hispanic uh, community. 90% of the students in that school are Hispanic. Mm. Um, most of those will be uh, deprived economically. Um, it's about uh, 60, I believe 60 to 75 miles from the Texas-Mexico mm-hmm. border. Um, and, and my fear is there's a lot of Catholicism mixed in with what's happening mm-hmm. in terms of ministry to these people. So uh, that's why we need to pray diligently, yes. fervently for the gospel, the true gospel to be, be preached there. Uh, but we grieve for these people. We do. Their lives will never be the same. Those yes. parents, yes. Uh, you know, uh, yesterday, I believe, and even perhaps today, I don't know the exact timeline, when all of these 21 people are going to be buried, and there's going to be 21 funerals, and there's going to be parents, and there's going to be siblings, and there's going to be other adults and uh, that are there at these grave sites. Uh, weeping and mourning, and, and we weep and mourn with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it would be tragic uh, to uh, experience this as a parent. Uh, it would be tragic to experience it as a community. Uh, and I think about those other teachers. You think about the guilt that some are going to feel because they escaped. There's stories of of one uh, child who climbed out the window, another child play pretended like. Uh, she was dead and you know it's a common thing to think uh in in a guilty sort of way and uh we're going to address yeah that's false guilt later in another episode we're going to talk next week's episode is going to be talking about true and false guilt so that'll be a nice follow-up to this this episode well go ahead and and um wrap us up jason um Philip, do you have any other final thoughts for us before Jason finishes up? You know, only that we see it for what it is. You know, I was thinking as y'all were talking um, about, you know, the guy whose house floods and he's standing on his house, roof of his house, and he's praying the Lord will deliver him, you know, and a helicopter shows up and a boat shows up. And you've heard the story, right? right. Eventually the, the flood overtakes him and, you know, he gets to heaven and he's like, well, why, why didn't you send a rescue? And he said, I did. I, I sent a helicopter and a boat. And and you didn't, I, the guy didn't see them for what they were, and I and I think the fear is that we won't see this for what it is. Um, as much as tragic as it is, this is this is a an act of grace on God's part that we can see our sin before we come to the judge, and um, and so if we can see this for truly what it is, not just a a grievous act of of sin um, where he's damaged lives and uh, you know it, it is that. Uh, but it is also a a a beacon, a, a blaring alarm saying, 
turn from your sin. It is an now. alarm. Yeah, we turn should, from yes, your sin now. That's right a now. good word. This is an alarm for us. Um, examine yourselves. Right. See that you're in the faith. Right. Right. And if you are in the faith, uh, then don't despair. That's right. Don't uh, don't be discouraged and know what Habakkuk, the prophet in the Old Testament, experienced. When God told Habakkuk that there was going to be a judgment upon his people, that is, uh, Jerusalem and Judah, uh, Habakkuk had a hard time accepting that because God was going to use a pagan people to bring that judgment. And he couldn't understand what he was doing. And, and God didn't explain himself. God didn't give him the details as to why and all the details that perhaps Habakkuk would have been longing for. But what he did say is, the just shall live by faith. And so even as a believer, as we see these tragic situations, and, and there'll be others, right? Yes, yes. There'll be others. Um, we don't despair. We don't lose heart. We, we continue in the faith. And that's what Habakkuk did. And so he comes to the end of his little three-chapter book. And I hope you read it so when you get to heaven, you can tell Habakkuk you read his book. But he says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be in the vines, fruit be on the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Yeah. Amen. 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 Um, this has been, I think for me personally, a helpful episode to think through. Um, thankful for Jason. We, I know he's been thinking about this specifically throughout the week. And um, listener, uh, we, we actually had a different uh, plan for today's episode. And he thought this was, uh, I agree, that this was a very important issue to address and that we bring the word of God to bear upon this situation. Um, we haven't said everything that needs to be said. There are so many other um, aspects and, and uh, ways that we can think about this, but we want to be an encouragement to you today. Don't lose hope. Your hope is in Christ if you're a believer. Um, circumstances don't sway that hope or should not sway that hope because what we have is a sure foundation upon which we can stand in this uh, I guess the waves that that crash around us, right? Um, I think it may have been Spurgeon that said, I praise God for the waves that throw me against the rock of Christ. Um, I I probably misquoted him, but he says something to that effect. That's it for today's episode. And we thank you once again for taking the time to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast. We hope it's been a blessing to you today. Don't forget to please like and share the podcast with someone that you uh, someone that you know, someone that may be helped by this content, like it on the on whatever uh, podcast catcher you have, share it through social media. And don't forget one more thing, that if you have a question that you'd like to submit to us to address on a podcast at a future date, go to our website, bbcemory.org, scroll to, or find the media tab, scroll all the way to the bottom of the media page, and there'll be a box where you could submit a question. But until next time, grace and peace be with you all.